0: Welcome to the Chairsofter Show, your weekly airsoft podcast, interviewing companies, manufacturers, uh, retailers and other airsoft players throughout the airsoft community. This week, for episode 27, I am joined by Kieran from cool Senchi. Hello Kieran. How are we doing? Not bad, buddy, yourself?
1: Yeah, cracking on.
0: So, just to briefly introduce call sign and such Um, this was a company that I came across a couple of months back through Ladyhawk when the event was first announced and you've just had your first event on the 30th of June from memory it's been been crazy few weeks of games sorry (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah so the 30th of June basically outlined our uh, first initial event which which was uh, a trial to see about the directing team that I have behind me and the people who who wanted to join me on this little journey um, and to be honest for that day and obviously we only advertised maybe a month and a half before uh, and the turnout was that impressive I still get shakes now when I talk about it
0: yeah it was um, oh, that car park was rammed
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they see they had a thing right what they were gonna do was was wake everyone up in the morning and then force everyone to move their tents and, and pack stuff down and then fill that area with cars. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to do that. You guys looked like everyone had settled in, everyone was chilled out, you know, CS... Uh, CS... Uh, Cartel 6, I believe it was, took over yeah. the entire campsite and it yeah, was just oh, a lot. <laughs> mayhem, mayhem, but it was beautiful. Like, you know, why would I want to disturb that?
0: No, exactly, exactly. It was the community side of it at the end of the day, behind the event, either side of the gameplay... Um, We'll come on to the event itself in a bit, but you mentioned a team there, so let's go into where this all started and the team behind it. Okay, so the team,
1: uh, me and Brad, which is uh, CSO2, uh, we have a long-standing line of communication. We've, We've been chatting about the community for a while. He ran facebook groups i run uh, mtp cas and uh, milsim swaps and sales whereas he ran a sniper focused group on facebook and they both sort of got loads and loads and loads of exposure and we sort of linked together and then it was shortly after that i had a nasty accident and when i say nasty i mean um, i broke my collarbone Uh, and i now have a metal bar that runs from the end of my shoulder to to the tip of my collarbone it's got eight screws in it Uh, (laughs) And literally all the stuff I've done, I mean I've gone through windows, uh, I've jumped out of windows and smashed my face on the floor at Airsoft Games and literally all I was doing was teaching a a class of a description which obviously I'll leave that out and uh, I fell over in front of 20 people and it just snapped just like that. so I went into the doctors they turn around and they said uh, you can't shoot you can't uh, do this there's no heavy lifting and we want you to not, not do anything and take painkillers and reserve yourself to the couch for like however many months after and I'm not one to just give up uh, I believe that you know limits don't exist if you don't give them reason sort of stuff yeah. and I tried to work my body back into being able to hold a rifle or to carry a certain weight and it was it wasn't having any of it so on the last consultation session, they, saw, they basically said to me, um, you can't return to sports. And I just walked out of that hospital and I was just like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going back to this. I, I can't leave it out even if I have to go back through a different route. So I spoke to Brad and I basically said to him, look, this is the condition I'm in. We need a team. We need some ideas. We need some people behind us with good skill sets. We need radios. We need all this. And I literally spilled it out to him uh, over a couple of days. And he said, right let's do it then and that's how i came into hosting because i couldn't actually uh, hold a rifle and call sign senshi that day marked the beginning of of getting used to having broken bones because i did pick up a rifle and i did come out into the game and i actually took control of the cartel side and i had an absolute blast um you guys were awesome that were there and to be honest uh, there's a lot of thanks that go into the background of creating it as well uh, and, and bringing my team together, uh, which we'll go on to in, in a bit. Um, but mainly me, Brad, uh, there's Lewis now. There is uh, a lot of Task Force 4 played yeah. alongside us. They are now swaying towards helping us out with events, which is, you know, the community's grown really, really, really fast. Uh, yeah. but we do have a core unit of 10 people inside Corsign Senshi's staff which also form our uh, Milsim team for when we go away at the start of next year
0: yep so, so what was your sort of background before you got into Airsoft and how did you get into Airsoft?
1: <laughs> uh, this is the same as what Will said the other week people are going to hate me but I actually started off as a paintballer <laughs> Um <laughs> what happened was obviously local to me I didn't know anything about airsoft I didn't know what it was Uh, and this was about 12 or 13 years ago and I went to a place called Elsham paintball as it was called back then and I enjoyed it it was painful but I got sick of paying seven quid for a hundred paintballs yeah and I sort of looked at I thought, okay is there an equivalent on the market where I don't have to carry something that's that heavy I don't have to wear a mask that fogs up every five minutes and something that doesn't cost as much. And, yeah. you know, I went along to uh, a CQB airsoft day, got lit up like a candle, literally. I was, I was, I come out of there with like polka dots all over and I loved it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. I walked out and I was like, hang on, this is value, like 12 quid for 9,000 rounds. Why, why haven't I discovered this 12 years ago? You know, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And uh, that's how I got into the sport.
0: Awesome, awesome. Uh, had you had any military experience before then? Um, um, I've got
1: I've got to put this out there because, do you know what? Uh, a lot of people ask me this and uh, I don't have any previous military experience and I'm glad you've asked the question because uh, basically what happened is when I come out of uh, sixth form, I think it's called, or college, yeah. whatever you want to call it, uh, I actually went to join the Army, but I went to go in as uh, an avionics technician All so right. it would have literally led to me working on helicopters in Kandahar and jets and uh, and bits and bobs now I went away for the selection and um, I failed that on uh, one was a fitness ground and one was a medical ground All right um, and you know it takes a lot of balls to admit something like that but you know i come away from there i thought right okay i'll go again the next the next year or whenever it was opened up again and during the time from me failing to me wanting to go back my recruiting sergeant that took me all the way through uh, was killed in Helmand province oh shit so i sort of looked at it and i thought uh okay this is a turning point you know it's it's you know i've lost a friend but at the same time it's like uh a forewarned sort of thing you know you're going yeah. into this environment where people lose their lives and I, I, that's when I looked at it and thought right okay I need to come away from it and that's how I, I made the choice to go to university instead which I don't regret
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things sort of hindsight it, there's, there's benefits to each side of it but I mean, coming through uni and that, if if you're better off than you would have been in the forces, and it's possibly a sign for the better than for yourself, isn't it? Obviously, massive respect to the guys that do this day in, day out. Oh, you yeah. can't take away from that. But sometimes people are just better off doing other things, maybe. Um, like myself, for example, I went in... Um, I failed the medical on hay fever. I went for pilot in the Air Force. Um... And now I'm working. I'm basically saving the lives of those pilots by working for uh, Martin Baker in aerospace. So we're making the seats that save their lives. So, well, there you go. That's, that's about a way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a return adventure right there. You see. Yeah. I always I, I like the whole giving back sort of thing. And do you know what? I, I'm going to bring this up. It might cause controversy. It might not. But there is a lot of controversy in the the whole airsoft world about people putting on replica gear, going out, and trying to be something they're not that's not yeah. the case you know exactly. we're, th- we're there to have a bit of fun in fact the majority of people I, n- I know people who play airsoft that are real people who have done the real work and been to the real countries where the real conflict is and they yeah. enjoy picking up an airsoft gun the same way that we do um yeah. but at the same time no um i don't have any military experience i've worked in um, I've worked in security for six years, uh, most of that was uh, manned guarding as well as door supervising
0: you're, you're not this 13 hours kind of guy No, no, <laughs> and
1: I tell you what that film is awesome um, a little No, you hint. do have the beard for uh, it Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well um, I did look at that film and that actually did upset me in the end because obviously it, it carries on the way it goes, I'm not going to do any spoilers but it is pretty amazing yeah. um and you know i come from a really good background in uh I, i've done martial arts for 17 years um yeah. and that's everything from aikido to filipino stick and knife fighting uh i've touched on to little bits of little bits of all sorts um not really done any grades in any of that i've just purely followed the aikido side of things but um you know and that's how i came to the the spot that i'm in but i always get asked i always get asked if i'm ex-forces i know a lot of people who are and a lot of uh, i know a lot of people who are in high places within the forces but i'd never expose that
0: yeah, I mean, let's be honest, there were a few guys who are serving at the moment who were uh, at your event as well, weren't there?
1: Yeah, I can't go into names, but fucking they gave them help, <laughs> literally. <Yeah. laughs> you could tell. You could tell when those certain people come into those buildings, you thought, hmm, they've done this shit before.
0: Yeah, well, uh, there was there was one of the guys on our side who was literally just stood on top by the uh, fob in the morning calling out where the target's, were. As <laughs> I'm trying to go up the hill. So at the minute I get to the top, right, bang, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone.
1: Yeah, it's it. Uh, it gets pretty. It gets pretty mad. I mean, um, one of the one of the big things for me about that day was uh, the sheer amount of communication, and also the the people that turned up to that event. What it was a definite mix of mill simmers and skirmishers, and yeah. Yeah. it worked. Like, honestly, I I I I tell no lies. I sat the night before and thought. Is this going to work tomorrow? Because I've got, you know, top tier milsim teams coming. I've yeah. got. Um, I can't. Obviously, if I don't mention any names, no one will know. Uh, I had contractors there, and when I say contractors, I'm talking about the people that you know that go abroad. Yeah. Uh, I had people there who were from various different backgrounds of tactical application, and yeah. I don't know if you uh, you see it, but I actually had two paramedics there as well.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I which is to lead on to uh, certain things which we'll discuss in a moment, which is very exciting.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to these events, uh, the, these ideas that you had, because we had a brief discussion about them after the last game. Um, uh, from my perspective, it was a very well run event for what it was obviously there was a couple of little teething issues that we've discussed and you guys have addressed uh, oh, quite openly yeah. on the community as well. And I think the overwhelming response was very positive. Obviously, a first event we expect there to be things that need tweaking for future events. Uh, For example, there was the confusion about the medic rule which we discussed and Sorted out in the uh, afternoon, and um, it all made sense in the end. <laughs> it was just on the day you sort of go, "Hang on a minute!" <laughs> when, when you've yeah. when you've got poor old Callie running up and down, putting bandages on everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I will tell you what. Why we're actually here, and, and you're on about Callie and and Lady Hawk and stuff. Like that, I would like to openly and publicly make an apology because yeah. Lady Hawk, uh, Lady Hawk, Callie, and Will, and yourself uh, have done a lot of work. Um you know you didn't have to, but you guys did. you promoted the event out there. I had a yeah. hell of a response from you guys, and nothing I can do in my power would be able to thank you guys enough for what you did because you know the the whole cartel uh, cartel team was so strong because of the people that were leading it yeah you know there's you there's jake, there's beast, ladyhawk, Callie, will did I mention will? I think I mentioned will. Yeah. he approved um <laughs> i had to slide that one in there <laughs> uh, so you know and the thanks go out to those and the apology goes to lady hawk because uh she was actually i'm pretty sure she was approaching the fob uh, and she was unarmed and she did actually get lit up twice i believe once once uh she was near a load of greenery and then once was was near the fob but you know yes there's tv issues but to be honest it was a trial i had a great team you know radios were a bit uh, shit on the nato side i know that for a fact i actually had to walk up to the nato fob at one point and, and get people out there to to go and shoot at you guys yeah. um would i run it again of course uh, sandstone yeah. 2 is half planned um a little bit of leaked info there for you um yeah you know it's I really really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed the company more than anything I could not have given two flying I'm not going to swear I'm going to be good um, if I didn't actually get to shoot that day because the experience and the communication and the meeting and greeting happened around my events tent and I loved it loved every second
0: going on to the actual event itself for the guys who didn't attend so we can try and get some more guys interested for next time Uh, Fill those teams up a little bit more for you, maybe. Um, You chose Humber Airsoft, which I'd not played at before. I'd met a few of the guys who played up there regularly a while back, or I possibly ran it. Um, They used to come down to events down our way. Uh, But I've got to say, what a sight. It's a nice mix. You had the nice open bits of the quarry. You had the... Urban bit around the fob and the village and got the woodland as well. It was a really nice mixture of terrain. Uh, what led you to choose that site in the first place? Well, one,
1: I've I've played at Humber for a while, um, and I did look at uh, I, I looked at alternatives and I, I looked and I sat there one night and I, I thought, right, okay, I want, NATO is in every sort of place, so I want a NATO team, and then I, I was struggling to come up with an opposition. And I didn't want to come up with something that's already being used so I thought I'd try and use cartel obviously it's used widely I didn't I didn't realize that at the time Mm. and I thought what sort of site would replicate Bolivia and you know I just sort of come across Humber and I thought hang on a minute hang on a minute this is gold dust they've got a NATO fob which is a fully operational fob you've got everything you've got guard posts you've got command bunker you've got Uh, barracks in there you've got space to park vehicles which we did we backed vehicles into the qrf vehicles and then you've got this advanced jungle sort of uh fob village style thing which is very hard to defend for more than an hour if people get you in pinch points and i thought you know what this is great nato were established there um the uh, cartel kicked them out And then Nato were, you know, reinserting and they had to take back their own property before they could push them back uh, further inland. And it was just perfect. The site was perfect. Literally, there were some players there that were very, very experienced and they were getting picked off because it's a different cover. It's a different style of play. It's very open. uh, But at the same time, when it goes CQB, there's ditches, there's craters, there's mortar pits, there's, there's everything to hide in. You
0: know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean Christ there's there's video that's going around on the internet. Guys who know me personally will probably have seen it on my Facebook wall. Uh we we had Airsoft Whack a mole there as well going. <laughs> I've seen that
1: video, that was <laughs> that was legit the funniest thing I've seen from that event. <laughs>
0: It was, I mean, the, the event itself, Let, let's go into the actual event. So it was a Bolivian cartel, which actually I think ended up being a Mexican cartel in the end. <laughs> it did when you lot turned up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bolivians are now Mexicans. Um, obviously, you mentioned the NATO. They, what we seem to, like our group personally, tended to focus on, and I had the most fun doing this in the afternoon, I don't. I think I only fired about three mags all day in like well all afternoon in the afternoon game because I was out doing the uh, role playing uh, yeah but we we were building the trump wall let's let's oh, go around this oh god here, here we go right <laughs> so
1: what i thought right what i thought was we'd have this big massive fuck off riot um and before the event i ordered quite a lot of bricks uh one of them has now been nicknamed barry um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which <laughs> I, i've actually come away from an event with a brick that has a design drawn on it and the picture of it is actually on the the facebook events group right yeah and it's called barry and now someone is talking about making a bleesbrock, brock right mm. for um the next event called uh I can't remember what they said they were going to call him but it was going to be basically Barry against this this block uh, <laughs> would, be the, would be the captains of each team and you'd have to steal them but yeah you guys built a fucking wall
0: like, <laughs> oh. well we say wall it actually ended up that there were only about five bricks stacked up and then uh, myself and Graham went on strike and it ended up Jake building the wall on his own
1: yeah we could hear Jake <laughs> a mile off literally I worked <laughs> I walked up there. Obviously, I had to have an escort with me at all times, like a a CP squad. And I walked into this opening and I could just hear, well, what is what sounded like someone who took a hell of a dose of helium? Uh, But it wasn't. It was Jake screaming at someone to build this wall. And, you know, I picked up this brick and he was like, you take that brick over there. But it wasn't. It was like a screamy sort of you take that brick over there and it's like whoa um but he proper dropped into the role play man proper dropped yeah. into it.
0: and um the, the best part of it was nato didn't know how to react
1: no no they didn't i, I did notice that i did notice that
0: i mean we, we, we we're trying to get up to the fob and they're quite right sort of get back get back kind of thing and um, we're arguing the toss, and they're like, get back or we'll shoot. And we're like, "Why well, you should, Why well, you should. <laughs> we're doing nothing, we just build wall. <laughs> and then it descended into um, pizza ovens, which I changed to taco ovens. They could build them if we sold the bricks to NATO. And I mean, what was the general sort of response around the role-playing from... Do you know what,
1: right? The, the team did say... Um, the, uh, what I, I gave them a brief and I said to them I said at some point today we need to sort of hold off, you know, uh, from a directing side, hold off, let these two teams work out what they want to do yeah. and I want to see people put down guns for a minute and literally go off voice alone because yeah. the funniest times at a skirmish or a milsim, a battle sim, or any kind of event is when you stop doing what is original and start to create your own path yeah and watching you guys you know sling your guns around your back or even leave weapons in the fob and just go out walking was amazing to to see the amount of role play that transpired from that i mean nato were literally shitting themselves because you <laughs> was on the edge of their fob like yo we're here we're acting cool and they were probably thinking well which one of those has got a frag you know, yeah. which one of those has got a tag round waiting? Where's the mortars coming from? You know, is there a secondary attack? And it really did confuse them. And Yeah, you know, that's... It,
0: it, for sure. I mean, the entire time I was walking around, not one of them searched me. And I had a Desert Eagle <laughs> stuck down the back <laughs> of my trousers the entire time. Graham, who had his uh, green smokes, which for your event were acting as gas, weren't they? Yeah getting searched they not noticing them so he just pulls the pin on two green smokes in the middle of their fob and wipes out half of the enemy team oh yeah that's, you see this is what
1: I mean this is a sort of I, I did state right I, I did state when, when I advertised the event that there was no winners and there was no losers I yeah. wanted to see uh, professional skill development in each player as the day goes along and you know the NATO team fought well you know, they got out there and they got objectives done. They defended their fob well. Uh, you know, cartel went out. They did harass people. You know, it's it's a lot of communication skills. And actually, you know, thinking about how I can tactically work around this fob and get myself in there without causing a fuss and then blow something up, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. was was the main idea. I mean, I got captured at one point, which was a stupid mistake on my part. Um I left my CP team at the top of this hill, and I walked down to the bottom, and I was literally crossing the road, looking where this uh, QRF vehicle was because I was going to blow it up. Yeah. And uh, I'd literally like was finishing, like touching with remote dets and stuff on the floor, and then I looked up, and there was just a barrel pointing at my head. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> hello!" And then Brad actually met me on the field, which we didn't plan. We didn't plan anything to happen. It, it just sort of stumbled across him. And he was like, stand up. I went, oh, shit, this this isn't in the schedule, Brad. You've got to let me go. He says, no, fuck you. This is how we play. This is what we're doing. So, you know, he captured me, uh, put my arms behind my back and walked me all the way to the NATO uh, safe area. And then he forced me to walk in front of them all and lead them to the FOB, which eventually uh, led the exchange of Kieran's life for FOB Charlie. Uh, and then, yeah. from there, it just went hell on there was there was tons of gunfire, tons of stuff
0: yeah the- the afternoon, the last sort of half hour forty minutes I'd say that gunfight in the village lasted oh man that was chaos i <laughs> was i I literally had no idea what was going on around me the entire time. All I could see was I was in one of the little huts, looking out towards the far side where the big bank was on the site. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, where they were coming down so I've got that art covered I had no idea what was going on behind me all I kept seeing was dead people walking past <laughs> <laughs> and it, it really sort of immersed you into the firefight because you just did not know where the next attack was coming from
1: no it, it did get very confusing but at the same time when it did get too confusing the players automatically stopped firing and things ironed themselves out without need yeah. for intervention yeah exactly you know? it,
0: you guys were very quick on what was going on. I mean, for example, in the morning, the, I think we the, we were only meant to hold off for about an hour, weren't we? With the, when we had the fob at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And we pretty much held it up till lunchtime, didn't we? Yeah.
1: I mean, to be fair, uh, yes, we could have held off a little bit and allowed them to take ground. But at the end of the day, if they need to take ground, they need to take it. You know, well, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to give in and go home. That's that's not me. Um, yeah. Exactly. But at the same time, it didn't really require any marshals to come in and say, do this, do this, because we was controlling teams internally without the yeah. need for marshalling. So it took away the high-vis uh, aspect. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. Exa- and this is a thing I've seen at a lot of events such as Senshi, the, the battle sims, as it were. Um, you don't really need the marshals there, because at the end of the day... You'd kind of hope that the kind of player that's turning up to these events would be sensible enough to play with the honour that's required in airsoft and the uh, self-awareness of what's going on to not do anything stupid. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Although I have to say, the uh, QRF vehicle—they were nasty. They were. They pointed guns at us, unarmed taco, <laughs> bil- taco building, uh, wall building tacos, or whatever it was we're now known.
1: As
0: oh my god! The so, what, what were your personal highlights of the event? We were talking oh, about a man. couple of things before we came on air, like you getting hold of a sniper rifle, whoever that was.
1: Do you know what? Right, I've, have I've had a sniper rifle. In fact, I've still got one. I've got an ASG uh, L96, I believe it is. Right. And I've always fired it, but to be honest, to come clean, I've, I've never really shot anyone with it. In fact, I've shot myself more times with it <laughs> <laughs> than I've shot someone else. But uh, I was in the centre of the fob, and this was on that first primary attack from uh, yeah. NATO, and I, I was just up there with a bunch of really awesome people, and the guy was sat there with his sniper. He says, oh, I've hit him, I've hit him, I've hit him. I was like, hmm, let me have a go. So I, I asked him if I could borrow his rifle. I literally drew a bead on this guy. up, You know that big um, like valley that separated the two halves that we were fighting from? Yeah. Well, I drew a bead on him, literally just above his helmet, fired... And then I literally, you know, I've watched tons of scope cams on YouTube and stuff like yeah. that. And I watched this BB just fly and then it curved and then the wind caught it and it clocked him straight in the nose. And oh. literally, I never ever wanted to shoot anyone in the face and I wouldn't do it intentionally, but yeah. I screamed that loud in the center of that fob, everyone thought I'd fell over and hurt myself. Like a few <laughs> people actually come running upstairs. um there was that there was uh the first time i've ever used a hpa weapon as well you know i I had that and i was literally the last one left in holding the fort on the second game uh just before the end and people were approaching like barriers and i was hitting them bang on and it just felt really good we had mortars i've never fired a mortar before um and I only bought a mortar because I watched Beast and Ladyhawk blow themselves up trying to fire one.
0: <laughs> Literally,
1: I watched that video and I looked at my event and I went, right, I want mortars and I want tags. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and they played a vital role in the day. Yeah. You know,
0: as, as did the remote debts as well, lined up across along oh,
1: the road. I don't know. If, uh, did did Dread have
0: remote debts? Was it uh, I know Graham did, Gravy. Yeah. Uh, was, was he, he the them. one
1: that set them on the road? for the first approach of NATO.
0: Yeah, 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 first thing in yeah, the morning. Yeah,
1: that, you see what I mean? That is just, that's what we like, is the initiative to go out on your own and set the traps. And, you know, we did put in the rules, make sure you watch where you've put that pyro. And he was, he was on the outside of the fob in a very yeah. defensive position, watching it and waiting. And it was
0: brilliant. Yeah, and, and know, it worked so effectively.
1: Yeah, it's 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 very clever. I mean, the QRF vehicle was good. Uh, you know, yes, it was a basic Land Rover Discovery, I mean, it's our first event, most people don't even have vehicles or mortars or anything, and you know, we went all out for the basis of, you know, we're we're showing people in the community what we're about and I'm going to say this so everyone can actually understand we're not a non-profit organisation, because obviously the events company has to turn a profit for us to put more events on but at the same time, no one takes a wage Whatever the event company makes, we install that into the next event. You know, more pyrotechnics, more ambience, more vehicles, you know, rent more things to come onto site that wouldn't usually turn up on site, and keep the fees low.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, the price was really reasonable for what it was as well, because that, that's the sort of standard sort of cost that we would have paid for a game day, really.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> this, this is what we're, what we're trying to achieve, is... Keep things, you know, obviously keep them at an understandable budget. I mean, for all those that turned up Friday night, I mean, that was a surprise in itself. I thought 10 people were turning up, you know, not a fucking search party with fucking eight tents. And, (laughs) you know, that night was crazy. It was amazing. The amount of people that was patch swapping and fist bumping and drinking and, you know, uh, so on and so forth. And it just got really, really community like you know what I mean there was no problems no fights no scrapping or my gun's better than yours or mine shoots faster than yours you know at the end of the day we're all there to do one thing which is to shoot each other and uh, we're currently having some t-shirts made up actually for our next event Uh, and we're going to try and do them as cheap as possible but they actually say on the back of them um, we come as airsofters but we leave as friends
0: yeah that's awesome
1: because I'll I'll take one (laughs) you know that's what it's about uh for me i've never met lady hawk in uh, can i say in the flesh is that right <laughs>
0: you never I don't... met her in person yeah yeah in person
1: yeah I've, I've never met her in person i've never met will in person i've never met Callie in person i've never met you in person but yeah. i feel like for the past 12 years of being in airsoft i feel obviously i've retained myself to the northern lincolnshire area yeah and i feel like you know i'm missing out by not going the distance that's why i'm booked onto nae It's literally i'm going there for social i'm not yeah. going to shoot i'm taking my gun you know i'll go in a few games and get sh- the shit shot out of me but i'm going to meet other people and like-minded people
0: yeah exactly and that's that's what the community needs to be none of this toxic crap that goes around uh, that you see in all the groups these days um it needs to be a community driven thing and we need to be policing everything ourselves as such uh, yeah, just I, just to show we've got control over what we're doing as well more than anything to members of the public
1: Yeah, I mean there, there, there is a lot of heat from the public at the minute but to be honest uh, I've seen a lot of people who, who have give it heat and then you invite them to a game, they quickly change their mind and they open their wallets and next thing you know they're ro- rocking around with a TM or some high-powered bloody HPA gun, and they're like, oh, I love this. Well, hang on a minute. Three weeks ago, you said it was stupid. Yeah, exactly. Um, One thing I would like to say uh, about the events company as well. I've got to put this out there um, because Brad said he'd shoot me in the back of the head with a Glock if I didn't. Um, (laughs) uh, Not that I condole violence, but um, (laughs) basically, uh, we are not just an airsoft events company. Uh, This is going to come as a shock to everyone. Uh, but we do uh, well. We are doing a, a lot of um, a lot of different stuff. Uh, we are going into obviously you see the two uh, medical guys that were there on that day. Uh, we are going into fully immersive battleized trauma, um, which will be a case of people turn up for a normal shoot. Yep. They uh, they have to. Um, fight through a series of events retrieve a casualty treat that casualty using stuff like uh, tactical combat casualty care and exfiltrate and extract that casualty from the battle zone whilst under fire and whilst having to think uh, using your initiative to get yourself out of that situation in the safest way possible that's just one event that's one style that we're going for you know Uh, I've recently put a thing out for a course we're doing hand-to-hand there was a lot of um, of controversy aimed at that post because a lot of people said well airsoft is you know non-contact yes it is but what's wrong with mixing that day up where you do half a day of firearms training half a day of martial arts training and you know when it actually comes to CQB environments how about you disarm that person and take the weapon off them Rather than just shooting them at point blank, you know, it makes things a hell of a lot more interesting. Um, We've got a hell of a lot of stuff planned that is completely off the rails. That is is not ordinary, Um, and at the same time. We're going to run the battle sim operations and the social skirmishes. We want them all. We want the, the social skirmish for everyone to chill out, have a laugh and shoot. We want the battle sim to bring the two communities together. And we want the enhanced training days to give people a skill they didn't necessarily have when they
0: booked on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, okay, it may not be everyone's cup of tea to do, for example, the hand-to-hand combat stuff, but some people want to know this, especially the way things are in the world at the moment. It's not just something you can use in airsoft. If you need to defend yourself, you want those skills there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does, it does help. I mean, I can, I can give you a, um, a recent example. I, I was working, uh, well, well, not too recent, it was a couple of months back, but I was working the doors in Lincoln, um, and that was with a good group of guys. They were solid, they all looked massive. They made me look like a peanut in a yeah. jar of walnuts you know they were huge they were huge and uh, you know people who have met me on the day will say there's not a lot of muscle on me and you know it, it, by training yourself you don't need muscle to be powerful exactly it's, these, it's using
0: the advan- it's, it's using your body and their, their body against them effectively isn't it
1: that is it and these guys were struggling to put a couple of lads out and they were built like literally a brick shithouse they were struggling really struggling like out of breath and I just sort of walked up and just spoke to them that's yeah. all it took. You know, yeah, exactly. when you talk about conflict management as well, you get into an airsoft heated discussion. Loads of people start shouting and spilling at each other. Wouldn't it be ace if you could just control that with words and it's over in seconds and the person hasn't got a, a, a chance in hell to to take that and escalate it. You know, it's all about de-escalation in in scenarios. I've had it numerous times where I've come up against someone and it gets really argumentative and I've said, "Look, mate, just just chill." You know, yeah. And then you learn how to combat that scenario, but at the same time, it's not... The, the combat uh, gross motor skills, if you want to call it, or the combat skills that you would learn on our courses aren't for airsoft. They are for tactical application in the real world. Yeah. And you actually get a competency certificate from us that says that you are competent in what you're doing. Um, you know, the one that we're putting on soon... Is taught by a guy who's done ten years in close protection and twenty years in the security industry. Just to meet and speak with that guy for an hour would do you a world of good. Never mind training.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's um, at the end of the day as well. It's it's learning different things. Uh, let's be honest, everyone's learning. Uh, I work in engineering, as I said earlier, and the thing the thing we always say in engineering is you never stop learning from the day from the day you start to the day you finish you never stop learning and that, that can be applied everywhere let's be honest
1: yeah i mean I, i'm all for um it it's the same with my job right if i'm in a job and i'm not developing or i'm not doing something new or i'm not picking up a new skill why do the job
0: yeah exactly. you know
1: and, and that can be a quite you know some people look at that and go well i do the job because i need money not because i enjoy it and i want to learn you know you, you've sometimes got to step back and look at how you can prof- you know develop your professional skill you know these airsofters out there that rack up kill streaks after kill streaks it's because they train it's because they put the time in it's because they learn where to position that weapon where to position that scope and when to let the rounds go you yeah, know exactly. uh, and they get better and better and better and then when they get to the top they get a hell of a load of controversy from the airsoft community because they're doing this or they're doing that or they're doing this wrong and they're doing that wrong. No, it's only because they want to be that person. They just want to be as good as them. You yeah. know, I've seen it. I've seen I've seen it loads. And you know, I'm, I'm not special. I'm just a normal air softer with a massive dream of making a really, really successful events company that is funded for the player by the player.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, if you, if all those guys who booked on, they bought the mortars, they bought the tags, do you know what I mean? Like they yeah, made yeah, yeah. that event happen. They made the QRF vehicle happen. They made a lot of stuff at that event happen because they showed interest in it. You know, and this is the idea of of uh, I'm, I want to use the word rejuvenation or regeneration of of the community by allowing it to self fund itself and not take any money away from it. You know, yeah. I've, I've got a job. You know, I've got I've got a job. I. I do my own thing outside of Airsoft. I'm self-employed as well. So Senshi for me will run itself by the community for the community without any physical intervention from us and we don't have to take anything from it. We're not greedy,
0: you know? No, exactly. And uh, uh, it certainly showed at the event that it was the community driven. I mean, Christ, I know games where you'd be frowned upon if you just decided to go off and start causing chaos for NATO. Although, actually, while I think of it again, there was one moment that you weren't there for. Um, you would have absolutely loved it at this event. Before we move on to sort of what, you, what you've what you got planned in the future and stuff, there was um, two NATO guys stopped a couple of the uh, bricklayers, as we were at the time, in airquakes. <laughs> Go ahead, um, watch them brickies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they actually stopped one of them and searched him, uh, Said, alright, oh, okay, we're taking all this off you, we're taking that off you, blah, blah, blah. And one of them had an armful of pyro. Oh, God. The other guy then turned his back, so a third, third bricky decided to put his pistol out and popped both of them. And oh. the guy with the. Because this guy had turned his back, he's seen the other guy can't do anything because he's literally carrying all this other stuff. So he just thought, right, I can have you both here and shot them both. And you just see the look of disappointment on the rear guy's face. <laughs> so it was so funny to watch. You just uh, see him go, for fuck's sake, man, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is the thing, you see. There, there was a lot of stuff that happened that day that I will never, ever forget. I mean, nah, yeah. right, I walked up to Will. First time I've ever met Will. I shot with him that day and he, he is such a good player to shoot yeah. alongside. His attitude everything towards the game and he is one funny fucker like yeah. we, we spent the, the end of the event looking for lady hawk's keys do you remember that
0: yeah oh, we we'd gone off to the pub and um oh right we, they were meant to be coming to meet us <laughs> and, and all of a sudden on my phone up comes this message from will has anyone got lady hawk's keys because we can't find them anywhere and i'm going oh for god's sake here we go they're somewhere in the site
1: yeah it was you know that was that was one of the moments which actually made me laugh and then uh a couple of the squads that were still left there actually started doing a sweep yeah. um but i came up to will after the uh, after we'd finished in the village i think it was going back for a water break before we started the final the final assault and stuff
0: yeah
1: and um i've always wanted to shoot a tm and I, i'm i'm now buying one because of will um <laughs> and I borrowed his and I literally turned around shot it and I, my face just dropped my jaw yeah. dropped the recoil rattled the metal plate in my collarbone and I was yeah. like oh my god you know I need this in my life and he said oh fire it on full auto so I put it on full auto and uh, I sort of looked at him and went you better take this back before um, well I try and make off with it um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a case of yeah um, what a fucking rifle that is you know
0: yeah even the standard they're awesome but he's had all the uh, he's had all the Gucci stuff thrown into uh, it by Kingdom of Airsoft hasn't he so he
1: clearly knows what that guy clearly knows what he's doing because that gun was just I just could not describe the feeling I got from that it was yeah. you know
0: uh, I'll, I'll, I've always been a TM fanboy anyway and I could just sit here for the rest of the show and happily talk about TM with you but <laughs> this is this, this is your time this is cool science So what have you guys got planned for the future?
1: Right. So, we uh Sandstone 2 is half planned. Uh yep. I'm going to let something slip uh as a teaser but um you know do with the information what you will. Uh yep. there will be two more patches released obviously those who got the the tan one and the red one there is literally eight of each left i'm not i'm not getting any more in that color it won't ever happen then for the next event there'll be two different colors and it will carry on and carry on until we get to 10 colors then the patch will change right yeah. and it's to sort of bestow that sort of collection on people and those who end up with the full collection uh, we're gonna sort something out for you on that 10th game we may we might even give you that game for free <laughs> you know because like i say i'm all about giving back and you know at the end of the day the one thing that i didn't like doing on that day was charging people for a patch because why should someone pay to represent my brand but at the same time all those funds were have literally just been spent the other day on pyrotechnics and hire for the next event yeah you know it is it's not paying for me to go on holiday to uh, spain and go dive in or you know it's, it's nothing like that it literally goes back into itself so in terms of the future sandstone 2 is halfway there yep. um we have one event which we're working on which is purely surrounding the whole idea of breaching how yep. to breach what tools we can use for breach uh actually executing those breaches and clearing certain uh, scenarios and certain rooms that will be laid out by another team um, so we've got that coming up uh, we're trying a few uh, hand-to-hand courses a few training courses um, and this is the big one uh, I didn't want to announce this on the, here because um, it's very very special and for me to let this slip it's gonna take a lot of energy but yeah. all those who think they know how to shoot need to apply within in a couple of months, uh, all I'm gonna say is, if you think you can shoot, try it with a real one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That is all I'm gonna say. Right, I,
0: I, I, I can vouch for that fact as well because I've done both sides of it, and yeah, the amount of times you think, if I had a real one, that would have gone straight through him, but you miss with mm, a little exactly. gun. Exactly.
1: What you've got to remember as well, and this was told, uh, this was, um, I got told this by someone who is actually still serving, uh, yeah. is a medic, actually. He said um, the conflicts and contacts you actually go into are a hell of a lot different to an airsoft site. Yeah. You'll jump up from a barricade and shoot that person knowing full well you're using plastic, it ain't going to hurt you. Yeah. In a real situation, you don't jump up from barricades like that because they're real bullets. You know yeah. The whole actual way of dealing with a threat is completely different. It's a hell of a lot more structured and organised. Um, and basically what we're doing... Is without you know beating around the bush, we're putting on uh, a very, very special event that will be limited to 40 places only, and this will only happen twice a year. Yeah, and it is basically a uh, real range experience.
0: I'm so, sure you can count our guys straight in for that.
1: I'm not gonna say any more <laughs> than that because we're still in talks with the place in regards to laws and you know how we can. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's a things. whole different world the minute yes, you start looking at real ones. Hundred percent. And what I don't want is everyone thinking they're going to a firearms course or something like that uh, or a firearms day and they end up shooting two two. But I can tell you that won't be happening. So I'll let you. F- I'll let you do with that information <laughs> what you will. <laughs> Um, but all this I'm going to say it, is sign you know. me up now <laughs> <laughs> well to be honest for you having me here I will see what I can pull in terms of strings so you don't need to worry about that um, yeah. all I'm going to say is you know we're, we're trying to progress we're trying to build uh, mm. I have a massive shout out massive thanks to Task Force 4 uh, yeah they were awesome o- guys oh, to oh, run along if you are not following them already you need to these guys literally turned up to the event in fact I had more communication off Joe uh, who's I think he's joint command with Dan uh, yeah. or, or or something like that I had more communication off him on the run-up to the event than anyone and when he got there we we basically said we were gonna we were gonna join forces right yeah. so they ended up being my CP squad I ran around with them and it was absolutely awesome we, we we fired mortars, we blew, actually blew up, uh, mortar pits, we, uh, we nearly blew Dan's hand off, <laughs> um, and, and
0: beasts as well, at the end of oh the day, oh
1: god, yeah, be- oh my god, that video of me and beast, have you seen, have you actually yeah, when, seen
0: when it, that? Yeah, when, when I, was, I was stood next to you, when you did that, when he, when he put it in, and he just goes, not a fucking chance, and <laughs> <launch into> <laughs> thing, and it's just you staring at it again, and when oh. it goes off, I just see you go, oh, that's yeah, a bit near. <laughs> yeah, I
1: literally flinched, uh, It was literally what you say. He literally poked it into the end and he went, not a fucking... And that literally (laughs) chucked it. And as it hit the floor, it shot off the other way and then shot back at
0: us. Yeah, because it got jammed in the end of the tube, didn't it?
1: Yeah, well, Joe, I think it was either Joe or Dan, when when I went off with Task Force 4, we used a mortar. And it literally... I watched one of the videos from... um, I think it's David... uh, Dave Sullivan. Is it TS-41? Possibly. Uh, he He w- had some video footage of inside that village, yeah, and you hear a massive bang at the start. It wasn't a frag that landed in that village. it was our mortar that we shot <laughs> we shot off the hill into the village area, but the one we shot before that Dan uh, no, it wasn't it was Joe. he put the mortar in upside down oh, <laughs> uh, you know. so we sat there, and the mortar went down the tube, and he went. Uh, which way does the fuse go? I went, down. He went, oh, shit. I says, chuck it. And he literally launched it in front of him, and it went,
0: poof! Like, <laughs> literally
1: vibrated the floor, and he reached out to touch it, and I literally, like, near enough, jumped on him and went, get back! He went, what? I went, secondary! And it went, poof! <laughs> like a little, tiny, a little tiny pop, and he went, is yeah. that it? You pulled me out of the way for that? Um, so, yeah, that was a, a bit of a fuck-up. Um but yeah, we've you know I've got a lot to thank them guys for. They have actually come on board. So uh, just to let you all know, we are now po- uh, both of us, Task Force Four and Cosine uh joined up, and we are now uh, Joint Task Force Tanto. Um,
0: yeah.
1: We went after the Tanto with it, with it being a Japanese blade, but we're merging the patches at the moment and we're designing them. Um, and they're now coming on to help me out with staff. So you know our team's going from five to twelve. and events can only get better and you know I've got a lot of thanks to do Lady Hawk, she helped me out a hell of a lot spoke to a lot of people Uh, yourself um, there's Will obviously come down with his cameras bless him his camera fucked up throughout like half the game and he like started playing everything (laughs) in sepia Um, there was a drone at the site as well whoever was flying that
0: yeah whoever whoever was flying that it was awesome I was we um when he came over and filmed us when we were doing our naughty bricklaying taco bit, we we waved <laughs> at it. We waved at the, uh, the drone, and he literally rocked it from side to side like it was waving yeah, back. Yeah. It was brilliant.
1: It was it, it, it was good. Um, I've got a lot of thank as well to put out there for Callie. Uh, God, she did make me laugh on that Friday night. Um, <laughs> Beast as well for nearly blowing him and me up. Um, yep. but I've got now I've got a bibbing in my room. I hope that's not a remote debt. <laughs>
0: Sounds it's like really a annoyed. watch, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, it's probably an old Casio or something. Yeah. You never know. Um, <laughs> yes. So there's that. There's uh, obviously thanks to the the Humber site for letting us host there, You know, giving us the stepping stone we needed to get into this industry. Uh, thank you to the guy who brought the QRF vehicle. And thank you to Brad and Rory and Lewis that were basically uh, my core team for the day on directing staff. Those guys did really well. Yep. You know, they play in big milsim teams and they've gone to the proper milsims and sometimes teaching is harder than doing but you know what they say if you can teach it you can do it
0: yeah exactly
1: um and you know i'd just like to thank every single person for turning up and i hope you'll stick with the brand and all the events that we're going to be putting on i mean we've got a lot of stuff planned so it's going to get really exciting
0: I'm really looking forward to seeing what the uh, future holds for you guys. Uh, I think we've pretty much run out of things to say now, haven't we?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm. I, well, I've got a glass of whiskey here with some ice in it. I need to drink that before it, uh, it flows over the thing. So I, I think I'm going <laughs> to. Truck off, and um, where can
0: everyone find you? Where can we get in touch
1: with you? The best place, guys, if you want to get in contact with us is uh, you want to go to www.corsignsenshi.co.uk, which is our event website. It also has patches for sale on there, so obviously we keep that updated. Uh, if you want to follow me personally on Instagram, it's at kitrepkieran. Uh, and if you want to follow the teams, there's uh at callsign on instagram and at task force four if you could show task force Four some love that would be fucking awesome mm,
0: for sure as usual guys get involved on the instagram and the facebook um a few things coming up that uh, i want to keep you guys in touch with uh, obviously we'll be promoting senshi as well and hopefully see some of you guys there uh thanks very much for your time kieran
1: yeah you too mate you too <laughs>
0: And I'll see everybody next week. Take care, take your hits, and play honestly. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye for now.